We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College Football Fantasy Podcast presented by Rotoviz. I am your host, Stefan Leco, joined as always by the one, the only, the Wispy, the kid. Matt, how the hell are you, man? Hey, hey, hey. Um, I am, I'm doing good. It's been uh, a pretty good week for me. Um, busy week for me, but I am excited to do one of my favorite things of the week. Talk about college football. Yes, I love it. Um, I... I got to be honest, man, the, the, the more football I watch, um, college and NFL, the more I just, my love of college football is making me like the NFL less, which is kind of unfortunate, but I wish I could just like college more and NFL stay the same. That's not happening. I'm just, I mean, this, this season has been fine and good and there's been some amazing moments, but I mean, nothing like spectacular is down across the league. It's, it's generally like a, a season where it's not been super exciting in the NFL. Right. Um, and I say that as a, a guy who does, I still, I make a lot of jokes that I don't like the NFL, but I have red zone on for four and a half hours ish every Sunday. I'm watching the NFL. Yeah. Um, of course I'm just not quite as invested in as I was like two years ago. Um, so for me, it's a matter of just, uh, I don't know this season in particular. I, I think even the hardcores would admit, like, there it's just not been quite as exciting. It's it. I agree. It feels like we're kind of in like a transition between when like young players are on the verge of taking off and really like truly exploding. Like, I do think we're starting to see some of the development of like guys like that we are fans of. Like Trevor Lawrence is starting to yeah. come into his own a little bit. Justin Fields this past week, he's absolutely he's maybe sure. starting to. I, I'm starting like maybe we wrote off the Jalen Hurts idea a little too quick with Justin Fields because he is starting to get that mobility um, added value in there. And we're starting to see some of it, but we're just not quite there yet. And so because of that, you're seeing some of these just like, well, we'll we'll just win by like a little bit to get the win and stuff like that. Right. And a lot of the big offensive explosions have been coming from teams that we don't necessarily from a fantasy uh, community or even like a Debbie community, like players that we liked from college and all that, like it's coming from Detroit and Seattle and teams that we're just not all that invested in. Hey, hey, like, hey, hey, hey. Some of us were all in on Amon Ross St. Brown as a true freshman. Yeah. 
Not somebody man. was Jordan Hoover, but still. Um, <laughs> oh man, I miss that dude. It's fun. It's fun when. Oh shit! How do we not have him on the show this week? Well, that's a miss on my part. He's a huge Penn State fan. For y'all listening, if y'all weren't listening back we then, we can bring him on next um, week when he's sad. Yeah, uh, Matt. Of course, Ohio State Homer extraordinaire. So they would always have. But, but I guess it wasn't as crazy as it could have been because Jordan was always like, yeah, we're going to lose. But, <laughs> you know, like he wasn't like I will blinded say, by the blue. He is pushing this week. He is very confident in them covering. Really? He, he was against week. Michigan, too. Yeah, that I mean, was mean. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jordan. Um, He's not listening. I hope not. <laughs> Hopefully he's doing more exciting. No, I things. think he's, um, I, I mean, I, I've talked to him about this game a little bit during the week. Um, he thinks that Ohio state really lucked out. And I, I mean, to his point. So for people who don't know the neck, um, the way the networks kind of pick these games influences the time slots a ton. So like one of the reasons why Ohio state, um, kind of got, in their opinion, shafted. They never got home night games, um, which sort of affected them on recruiting is because Fox would very, like, would almost always have any big Ohio State game as their big noon game. So they would almost always right. do this. And so almost all of the, like, premier Ohio State games were noon kickoffs. Well, this year there was the the fight for the Notre Dame game, the fight for the um, Michigan game, the fight for what was our other night game we had Wisconsin game and Penn state's um, night game ended up being their like only real night game of the year ended up being that Minnesota game last week, Minnesota game. And so that's the whiteout now. So the whiteout happened against Minnesota in a game where crowd environment probably didn't matter that much. Whereas because I mean, now they they have kept the jumping home... off sides and having false starts, but yeah, I probably uh, didn't influence. I mean, but me. what I mean by that is the it's not was, like yeah, they it's they, only they needed beat, all the help they needed. Yeah, or got they probably beat Minnesota regardless. So yeah. the fact that they're now getting Ohio State at home almost every time we've had this game, it's been a night game, and now it's not. So the fact that Ohio's because and it's purely decided based on networks. But um, I will tell you right now, like. Penn State's home field advantage on a like on a day game for me it's only three points Penn State's home field advantage on a whiteout night game is seven like it it adds it's a big difference right there it adds four points um do I think they I think like I genuinely think this game is probably 11 and a half or 12 um probably 12 and a half but um if this game is a uh, night game instead of a noon kickoff but who knows i think that's that i mean obviously that's the game i'm looking forward to for all those who don't know like i married into a penn state family so like my brother-in-law was like the guy one of the guys wearing construction hats in the front row of the penn state like student section uh, my father-in-law taught at penn state for a lot of years my wife grew was born in state college so this is a fun week for me oh if 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 y'all somehow lose that'll be amazing (laughs) i was one sec i was was i married i don't think i was married it was the i think i was engaged what year was that was it 2016 when the upset happened i love that you're trying to figure out what year you were engaged in by the the 
uh, no, no, no. I was trying to figure out what year the game was. I think the game was 2016 and I think I was engaged. Um, so it's a, for me that like, I believe me, I took a ton of grief, mostly because we were up 15 at half and I was texting, uh, my now brother-in-law basically saying like, uh, Oh, I think this one might get kind of ugly for you. Yeah. It did not get ugly for them. No, no, it got ugly for you. Oh, that's fantastic. No, I love, I mean, that's some of the fun stuff about college football. Like, I mean, when, when we had Colby on last week, uh, we were talking about like right after that Tennessee Alabama game, just like the goalposts coming down and getting thrown in the river. Like, I love that about college football. Like, college football is so fun. Um, there's just so much nonsense that that goes on with it that is uh, worth talking about and thinking about and getting an emotion, getting a bit emotional over. I was, um, uh, it just made me think. Um, so I don't know who all knows, but uh, Spencer Webb, tight end for Oregon, passed away this summer. Um, mm-hmm right before the season started in a rock climbing accident. And uh, when they were playing, oh crap, I forget who they were playing, but um, the dude had transferred from Oregon to this team. And he came out with like this huge flag with like Spencer Webb's number on it and all this thing. And like went up and like gave all the tight end, the tight ends at Oregon, like a big hug. And I started bawling. I'm just like <laughs> crying my eyes out. Like, Oh, I love college football. I just love. Yeah. That it's there's it's it's such a fun game, but there's more to it than just the game, which I think adds a lot to it. Anyway, um, you had a nice week not last week. You and Colby both uh, ended up in the money. I did not, uh, but uh, overall, I think I think um, my problem. We were talking about before the, sh- before the show. I had two units on uh, Clemson. Oops. Although to be honest, uh, I think it was the right side of that bet. There was some weird turnovers that took place. Um, like- Syracuse was winning the whole game. They, I don't know that I don't know that Clemson was 14 points better than Syracuse. Uh, we're not going to agree on this, but like I watched no and, seconds of that game. This scoop and score like Clemson's at like the nine yard line, and then they get a 90 yard touchdown going the other way, like a defensive yeah, yeah. score, like stuff like that. Anyway, um, the UCLA Oregon game, I was right on the over, but um, the, I, I had the money line and plus six and a half, and obviously uh, that didn't work out for me. So. A lot of it was uh, heavy on those two games, um, but you you had a you had a good week. I was I mean I I missed on UCLA and I even think I even expressed during the show I was getting a little bit concerned about that one just because of the way Oregon's defense did match up with UCLA. Even though I and I told you this early in the week, I think Oregon's defense sucks. Like I genuinely think your defense is not good. Um, but I think you stop the run pretty well, and that's going to slow down UCLA enough if Charbonnet isn't going to be this touchdown scoring machine that he's been this year. It's um, uh, what it's what the guys on the Cover Three podcast they call it like red zone roulette. You know, like we yeah. gave up a lot of yards, but then once we get into the once we got our backs, you know, we shorten the field, we can move the safeties up a little yeah. bit, we're able to keep people from scoring touchdowns as frequently other than George. Um, <laughs> the other, the other big one I missed on was, um, Oh, uh, miss. Ole miss plus two. And to be honest with you, I don't, I just don't know what I, I think I just don't have a great read on Ole miss. They've been one I've been hit and miss on a lot this year. LSU. I continue to say is a team that has when they're playing their best has a pretty high ceiling, but they just aren't very good. Um, I don't think they can keep up that level. Um, and then Iowa team total under nine and a half. <laughs> was this a one, one hurt me to my core. Um, <laughs> it was because funny because it was a defensive score too. And you and Colby talked about that on the podcast. Yeah. 
And then the rest of the game, like they had 160 total yards of offense, <laughs> 160. That's so <laughs> pathetic. Um, and really it was one drive and I just watched them kick that when they kicked their field goal, I'm sitting here. I'm just like, they've scored three offensive points in this game. Yeah. Yeah. And I you lost are... a team total. Yeah. <laughs> but it is what it, I mean, that's the risk you take when you're dealing with Iowa's they sold out and basically really just put their receivers in man coverage the whole game and said, screw it. We're just not going to let Ohio state run the ball and we're going to uh, do this. And when you have a super aggressive defense like that, you can get a play like a sack fumble um, when you're in that, when you're close to it. And that was one weird play where like Ohio state's guard just blatantly missed the right blocker um, or the right guy to block. And yeah, but we're talking too much about that game because that game sucked. But my wins on the week where I had Syracuse, I uh, had Kansas and Baylor being a low scoring game. A lot of my win plays really worked out in my favor. Hawaii, Colorado State. Um, I joined you on that one, and thank you. That was a, that yeah. was a nice, nice win. And then Miami and Western Michigan. I'm going to be honest with you. Until proven otherwise, I'm going to have Miami of Ohio unders on my slate every single week. Do you have them this week? I do. Well, why don't we uh, stop dilly-dallying, hit the break, and get into it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, All right, there it is. Let's let's hear what you got. I want to hear this uh, Miami play you're all about. Okay, so Miami of Ohio is the slowest offense in the country. They're averaging like 31 seconds per play, um, and they're not good. So you <laughs> would hope if a team was running, like if they're staying on the field and they're doing 30 seconds of play, that they're at least like somewhat efficient because then they're just running the ball a lot and they're moving down the field. They're also just bad. Um, they've been really inconsistent on offense, not even inconsistent. They've been consistent, consistently not good. Um, and they're playing an Akron team that is among the worst teams in the country. Um, I know the number's 48 and a half and like, there are going to be some people out there who see an, 
uh, total in the 40s and cringe. I'll be honest in saying that I they could still be 10 points off in this game. Like it's it's really really bad how bad how these two teams are. Like Miami is um aver- they are 119th in a in points per opportunity. They allow allow a 32% havoc rate which is 131st. Their success rate is 34%, which is 126th. But on defense, they they lead the country in havoc. They're top 20, they're 26th in points per opportunity allowed, and their success rate is top 40. Like they're a good defense, but an atrocious offense. They're kind of like Iowa, but much lower, lower profile uh, version yeah. of Iowa. So you get them against one of the worst teams in the country. The only way I'm playing on this game, and I am absolutely playing on this game is on the under uh, at 48 and a half. And for the purpose of the show, it's a, it's a two unit play for me. I am writing it down because sometimes when I listen, I am like, yeah, that's a great idea. I like what Matt's talking about. And then I'm editing the podcast and I'm publishing it and I'm getting it up and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I forget to actually play them. So I'm writing it down because I love that play. And that's going to be, I'm, I'm not going to join you because I've already got my 10 units. And, um, but I, I love that play. Um, love that play a lot. Uh, I'm going to do it under as well. Um, on, and I, I've got a couple trends for you um, that, you know, I don't think always matter, but I think uh, in this case, I saw the line. Well, I was talking to my buddy. So a guy I work with is a huge old Miss fan. Uh, went to school there. He, he, he loves them. We talk, we talk college football all the time. He's super into college baseball. Anyway, we were talking about the game. And I was like, man, all I know is if the total uh, is less than like 50, I'm hammering the under. And I went and looked and it was under 55. So I hammered it because um, this game just sets up to me um, just like gut feeling is going to be defensive, low scoring. It's Texas A&M and Ole Miss. I mean, come on now. And then I did a little bit of research, of course. And uh, each of the last seven meetings between Ole Miss and Texas A&M has gone under the total. Also, all three Texas A&M Home games have gone under the total this season. If you then start to look a little bit deeper into Ole Miss, well, like I've really enjoyed their offense. I, we talk about Evans and Judkins on the DFS portion almost every week. So um, love this, love this offense of this rush attack. But if you look at the games um, that they've played against uh, solid defenses, um, even when they're winning, they only put up 28 against Troy. Um, they put up 22 against Kentucky. They put up. Um, only 20 against LSU. Uh, I think they could easily get to 28 points, um, but then you turn around and you look at Texas A&M, who I also, I, I don't think Texas A&M wins this game. I think Ole Miss does. Um, that's not a play for me, but the, all of their games are in the 20s. They haven't scored more than um, 24 points this year. Um, so give me the under 55 in Ole Miss, Texas A&M. And uh, I feel pretty pretty good about this one. I don't remember how many units I have on it because I'm on the wrong page. I have, um, yeah, one unit on this one um, and uh, feel good about it. Yeah, I think I like your play on the under on uh, this one. Texas A&M's offense is honestly pathetic for the talent level they have. And Ole Miss, despite the fact that Lane Kiffin is kind of known as being this offensive mastermind, is... Um, it's it's been a little bit more of a struggle this year. It doesn't seem like it's been quite as easy as it was last year. So I think I do think I agree with you on the over. I mean the under on that one. Yeah, I just um, think it should be in the high forties. Not I think like forty nine. 
you know. Yeah, yeah, no, I, 55 isn't like, an, it's not an atrocious number where I think they're just like blatantly misreading the game, but I do think it's probably a game that the winner is in the high 20s. Yeah. Um, all right, my, my second favorite play, and you've got a few ones on this one as well. Um, I like Ohio State minus seven and a half in the first half. Um, this one, I ha- you'd have to shop around to find seven and a half at this point. I did have to pay some juice to get to minus 115 on it, but um, my thought process on this one has been that this game has been fairly close in recent years, but I do think Ohio State's offense is a little bit um, too much for um, Penn State in this one. My concern is that Penn State does some tricky stuff to keep this game within 15 and a half points late because they do seem to care about keeping this particular game close, but halftime scores in it have been most of the time have been a little bit more lopsided with Penn state making it close late. Um, I think in this one, you're going to see a healthy dose of running backs. And I, I say that from a perspective of, I'm not sure which running backs you'll see from Ohio state. Um, I think there's a chance that they're that both Mayan Williams and Travion Henderson missed time in this one because they've been a little bit dinged up, particularly with, um, I believe Williams last week, there was a lot of concern that he got nicked up a little bit in that game. So you might see it be Dallin Hayden. You might see a blast from the past name, Diamante Trainum, Chip Trainum, um, lining up at running back because he's now the, uh, he's now the, third string running back. Wow. So I've got one and a half units on Ohio state minus seven and a half. I do think they're going to win this game comfortably, but I wouldn't be shocked if this was a game where Penn state backdoor covered late. I say that I don't disagree with your pick. My numbers agree (laughs) with your pick. Yeah. I just have the whole game. I I think I'll splash a unit or two on the, uh, on the one you suggested here with the the halftime, but I'm on Ohio state minus 15 and a half. Uh, I think they go up early and I think they stay up and I think they're up enough that even if Penn state tries to do something at the end, it, it won't cover this 15 and a half. Also uh, the, another reason I'm on that is I just don't think Penn state can score enough. I think um, Ohio state goes way over their team total of 37 and a half. Um, I don't know. I didn't actually look, I should have has Ohio state scored less than 37 and a half points yet this year. Yes. Oh, okay. first game of the year. Oh yeah, yeah, Notre Dame, of course. <laughs> um, I don't think it happens again. Um, I, I think this is a well-oiled machine. That wide receiver room. I mean, everyone talks about it, but it's stupid. And they've got a quarterback that can get them the ball. Like um, when your fourth guy is hauling in Julian Fleming. Yeah, fifty-two-yard touchdowns with nothing stopping him. Like I'm, yeah, I'm, con- I'm concerned for any any defense um, that goes say- against them. Um, it does sound like the the general feeling that's coming out of the beat reporters in this game is that Jackson Smith and Jigba will play. That he um, he probably in like dire situations probably could have come back last week. They are keeping him on a pitch count. The goal is to uh, load management and ease him back in. Um, there's it doesn't seem like he re-aggravated um, anything and that he was just, it was a little bit of tightness he felt in his leg. And then he, he stretched out and that in a, in a, uh, in a big time game, you probably would have seen him back on the field last week, but in a game where you only have to score 13 points to win, why risk Smith and Jigba when you probably are going to want him 
when it comes time to play like Georgia. Right. No, I think I think that makes sense. Um, you hit two on that one, so I guess I'll go one more. Yeah, go again. Um, I really like this UAB team. I think they're um, still sort of an under-the-radar good team. Um, I think there's a pretty decent chance that they will be competing for the Conference USA title. Um, I say that like they they did squeak by a win over... Wait, did they beat... Am I just misreading that? No, they lost a close game to Western Kentucky. Um, they handled Charlotte, which Charlotte's not great. They handled Middle Tennessee. I think this is just a pretty decent team. I don't think Florida Atlantic is anything particularly special. Um, and I think this UAB team is just a little too good for him. And I don't know why this number is under a touchdown. I understand the road situation and I don't love taking road favorites. I'm not you. Um, <laughs> but I, I think this is a game where UAB is going to have a lot of rushing success against a defense. That's very middle of the road against the run. And um, is just a very middle of the road defense uh, altogether. So give me UAB minus five at FAU. I can dig it. I can dig it. Um, I feel like I don't know enough. I'm just, I haven't watched UAB once this year. Um, but it's fun. I forgot to mention Ohio State is 4 0 and 1 against the spread in their last five games as a double digit favorite. Sorry. Yeah, trends. <laughs> um, I'm going to go to a uh, multi unit play. I think I have one and a half units on this one. I want Wake Forest minus. What can I get? Is there a three and a half out there? I know it was at three and a half at one point. I think it, I know it dropped down to four. I was hoping it maybe went back to three and a half, but I want Wake Forest in this game. Um, at this point, I know exactly what Wake Forest is, and I have no idea what Louisville is. Um, if Louisville you shows up with their half. perfect, if Louisville shows up with their A game and Malik Cunningham's healthy, maybe this one's a sweat. But if the Louisville that shows up half the time <laughs> ends up in this game, like. Wake Forest is going to destroy them. Sam Hartman is just a freaking machine right now. Like, unbelievable. Uh, I think they're they are trying to get him um, some some big numbers, and I think this Louisville defense is a perfect defense to exploit. Um, so yeah, I want all of the love I can get. Three and a half is no problem. I'm going to put one and a half units on it. I'm I'm very much with you on this one. Do you remember that like? two weeks where Sam Hartman wasn't with Wake Forest and it was just like all the sadness. Yeah. And then you bring back Sam Hartman and they just go back to being like destructor. Like they're just amazing. And I think this, yeah. it is a good team. Their defense still sucks. So like this, I kind of, I mean, what's the total on this one? I have to imagine it's in like the high sixties, right? Um, the yes. total no, is mid sixties, 64. 64. Oh, man, that's kind of a low, honestly. Kind oh, of a low Oh, someone's, I don't someone's flirting with an over. <laughs> no, um, no, but maybe some DFS action later. Yeah, I think that's a that's an interesting spot. I think there's a, definitely some room for some scoring in that game. But I do like yeah. your side. Um, it was an it was one that was very close to being on my board. Um, cool. Give us one that is. Um, Tennessee minus twelve against Kentucky. So Kentucky doesn't beat Tennessee. They've beaten them like one time in the past 20 something years. Um, they're it. This is just a Tennessee. It, it's a Tennessee one rivalry. Um, 
And as good as Kentucky can be, I know they were a top 10 team for most of this year. I think they were a little fraudulent as a top 10 team. They were one of those Absolutely. teams that wasn't um, really great. This is what I like to call an avalanche game um, where Kentucky is may keep it close playing dirty early, but there's going to come a point where they're going to have a breakdown on defense and Jalen Hyatt's going to just go for a deep touchdown. And then it takes two of those like two, like Tennessee is going to get their scoring, but if it, it'll, it'll take like two breakdown plays and all of a sudden Tennessee's sitting there up by an absurd number. I don't think this Tennessee defense is good, but I also don't think it's maybe as bad as people think. Um, I think they're very capable of slowing down a Kentucky offense that has looked hit and miss this year. Um, it's, it's definitely better with Levis back in the lineup, but at the same time, it's not a good defense. I mean, it's not a, it's not like a high powered offense. And if Tennessee hangs 50 on them, and I think that's very plausible, I don't see a way where Kentucky's sitting at the end of this game at 38. I think what you're looking at is a game where Kentucky probably is really scraping to get to 30 and Tennessee looks like the game's on easy mode. At least on offense. Yeah, I've got a unit on this play as well. Um, I mean, did you see the jerseys that Tennessee dropped for this game? That's that's a winning formula. That's a winning formula. Kentucky can't hang with that. Kentucky has a good defense. They got Will back, like you said. They have Chris Rodriguez back now. I don't care. That offense is not built for a shootout. Watch it's me. not built for I, this matchup. This is a styles make fights, and this is a fight that they're gonna struggle with. And to be honest with you, um, Tennessee's the team that scares me most. Like there, there's there is a real chance this as Tennessee Ohio team State is. Fan. Yeah, there, there's a yeah. chance this is 2019 LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, that all of a sudden, when their defense gets to like top 30 level, and they can get seven stops a game against good teams or not seven stops a game. They can get three stops a game against a good team. They're in, they're really hard to stop. And so for me that we're a little bit on the public side on this one, or actually I say that the money's more in on Tennessee. So I'm, I, I take that back. Um, I just don't see a situation where Kentucky is able to win this game in the way they want to. And to be honest with you, like, for them, a high-scoring game is them getting to 31. So, yeah, give me give me all of the Tennessee. I've only got one unit on it, but yeah, give me all of the Tennessee. <laughs> you, Kentucky averages 26 points a game. Uh, Tennessee, 50. <laughs> I mean, yeah. come on. Um, well, you, still, you have, I still have five left. Yeah, I've got four, so hit me again. I'll hit you with one more, um, and then we'll hit our fight one after that. Perfect. Um, I really like this Baylor team. Like, I still think they're pretty quality. They're not an elite team. They're definitely not a true contender in the Big 12 because the Big 12 has got, like, quite a few good teams this year. But they're a team that is, I think they should probably be considered, a like, fringe top 25. Um, they have a pretty solid defense where they rank top 40 in success rate allowed. The issue has been that they struggle to actually get teams off the field. They're allowing over four points per opportunity. Um but I don't, I'm not really scared of this Texas Tech team. I think this Texas Tech team is probably ahead of schedule. Like, I think there was probably some thought that they were, they might take a little bit of time to get to being like a, a meaningful threat. Um, but they're not necessarily 
like shootout level yet. And so I'm not really worried about their offense. And I think Baylor will find enough success on defense. And I just don't fully understand why they're an underdog here. Like to me, I think this one is Baylor is a slight favorite. So while I do like where Texas tech is heading towards in the future, I, I can't really get past the fact that I think this Baylor team is, is pretty good. (laughs) So give me, a pretty good team catching points. Again, I'm taking a road team, which is a little gross, but yeah, give me, give me the bears plus two and a half for a unit. Yeah. I mean, if this is being played in Waco, Baylor's favored. And I think Baylor should be favored even on the road. So I like it. I I think I'll play that one as well. Um, I'll do money line because that sounds like fun to me, (laughs) but uh, not an official play for me, but I, I do like your side of that one. Are you fighting? Let's do the fight real quick. We're both a half unit on this play. Mm-hmm. So let's understand that we're doing this a little bit for the lulls. Um, no, so, we're doing this because this is a principal play for me. Yeah, but you're principal playing against a team <laughs> you should be principal playing. <laughs> so, we're talking about the game of the week. New Mexico State and UMass. It's at, it's at UMass. Yes. Oh, you're even taking a home. Fa- you're taking a road favorite. This is a little okay, special. So. We're doing a road favorite against a terrible, the worst team in the country. Okay. So the worst. Yeah. What's funny is I have New Mexico State as a worse team than UMass. I don't even have UMass in the bottom three this year. Um, I'm taking the points with UMass. I don't think they're good. I don't think they are. Um, they should really be, I don't think they should be favored against anyone except for maybe New Mexico State. Uh, <laughs> New Mexico State's really bad. Um, New Mexico State is worse. Like whenever you see an FCS team on a schedule and you're always like, ah, can't believe they'd schedule them. Most, a lot of FCS teams are going to beat New Mexico State. Um, this is just a, I, I needed something on this game. And to be honest, my number said, take UMass. So, so give me, will. give me UMass and catch some points. No, that, that works. Um, By the way, I think you can get a two. Yeah, let's do it. Um, we, we could middle this. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. You could push uh, and I could win. So or you could. Ga- Gavin Frakes is the, is the truth. Uh, freshman quarterback. You just um, looked up that name. No, actually, um, I looked it up earlier today. <laughs> but I didn't know who it was. But I do. I, I have watched him play a little bit. Um, but but he he's a winning he's a winning quarterback. He he's got a, a win coming up a win a big rivalry game against the Lobos. Um, I think the Aggies are are ready for a fight. They're scrappy. They've been hearing um, all year how they're they're not good enough. But they've won two of their last three games. Uh, they they they've tasted from the the sweet nectar of the vine, and they're coming back for more. And the Minutemen uh, shall be vanquished. I don't know. Um, oh, they beat they New Mexico. They won the rivalry game last week. Credit to uh, New two Mexico weeks ago. State. Yeah, two weeks ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, they had that game postponed last week against San Jose State because of the the uh, running back who died um, yeah, yeah. for San Jose State. But very reasonable. Um, yeah. So I, I think you know, I, they're both terrible teams. 
<laughs> I did like try to read a preview of this game on ESPN just to kind of get some information, just to sound like I was knowing what I was going to talk about, even though I know nothing about New Mexico State. And it just said no preview available. <laughs> I was like, of course, that's amazing. Um, so yeah. Anyway, um, we're fighting. We are fighting. Be- oh man, I will say this is a funny one. So, uh, Action Network keeps track of like percentage of bets and percentage of money. This is a sharp play by UMass. And I say that only in like the pure sense of it. Um, 78% of bets are on New Mexico State. However, 46% of the money is on UMass. So that means that sharps or bigger money bets are coming in on the Minutemen. It's because um, I've placed 24 the, different bets on New Mexico fair. State. And uh, and I only do one unit plays, and my unit is like fifty cents. <laughs> no, I'm just that's fair. I'm just um, kidding. We'll see. That'll be a fun one. I think that's. I will not watch a second of that game. I will. I will have it on as a once. I, I usually yeah, have don't five lie, games because that game's going to be like on. Oh no, it's on ESPN three. That's actually accessible. Yeah, I might watch a second of that game. UMass is right. always on ESPN three. I don't know why. I've All seen. Right, it could be worse. I've seen games that were like random pay per view. Okay, um, I've got one team that is becoming a little bit of a, uh, like, can't think of the word. I I always bet against Eastern Michigan. I don't think they're good. Um, principal, why can't I think of that word? My brain sucks. Um, I bet against Eastern Michigan, against teams, pretty much anyone. So give me Toledo minus six and a half. I think Eastern Michigan's one of the 20 worst teams in the country, and I still think Toledo's middle of the road. Um, yeah, that's good analysis. Yeah, I mean, you baiting a team works. And don't you like Toledo? I thought you liked Toledo anyway. I do like Toledo, but Toledo has been one of those teams that has steadily plummeted in my rankings. I started off the year thinking Toledo had the chance to be like a fringe top 25 team, and they've really um, disappointed me. And I say that in like... They're still good. They're still about where they probably ought to be. But I thought they were a team that had a legitimate chance to pick up like nine or ten wins. And I, I'll be honest, I think I'm going to scrape by and pick up my eight. Um, they are five and three right now. They've had lost to an, an NIU team in a pretty embarrassing fashion and a loss to Buffalo. And I'm looking at Eastern Michigan. They lost to Buffalo and they lost to San Diego State. Um I just don't think they're the bottom of the the MAC, and I think Eastern Michigan is the bottom of the MAC. So give me Toledo, and let I'll have them cover. Yay! I like it. Um, I still have one uh, multi-unit play, but a one and a half units on the Oregon Cal game. Um, Oregon coming off a just fantastic game, um, and I think they're looking to build. I mean, they already have a loss on their resume, uh, and it was a bad loss. So if they want to be considered for anything more than the Pac-12 championship, they really need to um, get some recognition. So I'm going on the team total over 37.5. In Pac-12 play, Oregon has not... um, They they have scored an average of uh, 45.75 points a game. Uh, No defense is really slowing them down at all. Um, I'm not sure if Cal keeps up their end of the bargain, uh, so I don't really want to do the team, I mean, the whole game total, but then I'm also not 100% sure that Oregon's defense can stop them and cover the 17 spread. So I just want to focus just on Oregon's offense, which is by far the best 
unit on the field. Um, I really love how they've gotten numerous running backs involved. And dude, Troy Franklin, I was so um, frustrated with how little he was used last year. And I was laughing and openly mocking people taking him in like college fantasy. Um, I was wrong. Like Bo Nix looks at, looks to him and looks to him often. And Troy Franklin is a freaking great receiver, man. Uh, so impressed, uh, so impressed by him. Uh, true sophomore. I think he's going to, I think he's going to be the first Oregon duck to get drafted in the first round. Um, and that's pretty fun. So I, I don't think he goes first round, but he goes, he goes top like 80 picks. He's only a sophomore. He's going to I understand that, but explode. I think 2024 has some talent. And I think the NFL is happy to draft a million wide receivers. Now that wide receivers are asking for as much money as they are. Anyway, Oregon team total over 37 and a half. Um, I wanted to be against excited. you on this one, by the way. I actually looked at this one a little bit uh, because I was like, oh, man, I'm a little worried for him. No, I'm not. Um, Cal ranks 109th in success rate allowed. It's it's really bad. Um, the, the only concern is that they actually do a decent job keeping teams from finishing drives. Um, they rank 36th in points per opportunity allowed, which so there if you might see some spots where Oregon gets held to a field goal rather than a touchdown. But even with that being said, I, I still think Oregon's just going to can, they're just going to eat away at them. I don't see a lot of drives. You're like, you're not going to get off the field with nothing frequently. Yeah. And Dillingham's been, um, I, I've been excited about, I, I wanted to kind of hate on this Oregon team because I was, I was upset about bringing Bo Nix in. Um, but like he goes <laughs> for it on fourth down continuously um they they set their offense up for um successful third down conversions um, I, i've been really impressed and as much as i thought i would hate this team i actually really growing to like them considering they got absolutely walloped week one but since then they put up a, over 40 points a game so uh let's roll let's do it so i'm gonna i'm gonna read you some stats right here okay um the team i'm picking in my next pick ranks first in success rate allowed First in points per opportunity allowed, fourth in havoc, and second in rushing success rate allowed. Um, who do you think I'm talking about? Well, I've got four teams I can choose from because I'm looking at your sheet. Well, um, I'll just tell you. It's, it's Illinois. Illinois. Yeah. Illinois' defense is Illinois. absurd. Um, and by absurd, I mean they're good against Big Ten teams. I don't think this Nebraska team is going to pose much of a threat on offense. And I think that they're going to allow Chase Brown to do just enough to allow Illinois to cover seven and a half on the road. I'll be honest. This is probably the pick this week that I feel the least confident in because as much as I like this Illinois team, I still really do struggle with their offense because they are 51st in success rate. They are 111th in points per opportunity. Um, but they limit havoc and they, they do just kind of like get points as needed. And I don't know how many points they're going to need to cover seven and a half in this one. Their win over uh, Minnesota is like, it's a good win. Um, I think this game is going to look pretty similar to that one. And they won that game by 12. So give me, give me the fighting Illini. I like it. I'm really disappointed. I uh, I'm just looking at my card and I forgot to put a play on there, <laughs> but I've already used up all my units, so it's going to be an, a bonus play that I give out at the end. Bonus um, play. 
Uh, it's, it's I'll give it right now. It's it's Arizona State minus thirteen against CU because uh, CU is well, it's garbage because you're spiteful <laughs> and they're garbage. Um, yeah. I will stick in the Pac-12. I'm gonna go ahead and take Utah minus seven at Wazoo. Uh, Washington State can be a tough place to play. Yes, um, it is gonna be nighttime. It's gonna be probably cold and gross, but Utah's ready for it. Utah, another team that can't afford. Uh, to slip up, um, I think they get. I think they get rolling pretty quickly, and uh, I think this ends up being a very comfortable win uh, for Utah. Um, again, coming off um, coming off uh, a bye week, I think they're uh, ready ready to roll for this one. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to uh, watch some late night Utah football. I will not watch any of that game. <laughs> I just don't want to lie to our listeners. No, I I'm know. sleepy. All right, so do the, your you're last part one of the, because you're part of the problem as to why Pac-12 doesn't get enough love. I'm just gonna say it. I'm part I'm of the problem for why like the SEC shouldn't get any love. I don't stay up for late night SEC games. <laughs> but all the all, all the Pac-12 games are late. A Pac-12 um, so game this... could kick off at 3 p.m. local. I'm not watching. Yeah. All right, my final play is I'm gonna go with Oklahoma State on the money line um, against. Um, I think. Uh, a Kansas State team um, that – what, are you on the other side of this? Yeah. I just – I mean, who do you have as their quarterback? Because Adrian Martinez might not be playing. Um, Howard looked decent, but he is also banged up. So I don't know how healthy they are. I know Deuce Vaughn is on. It has been dealing with some injuries too. Um, Oklahoma State just keeps winning. Spencer Sanders is getting healthier and healthier. He looked good net last week. Um, I think there's something special about this Oklahoma State team. I don't think they like are like playoff bound by any means. Don't don't get me wrong, but um, I do think they handle their business against Kansas State. So I think Vegas thinks that Adrian Martinez is playing because the line has moved. What is it at now? Half points. It was at it was at it opened at uh, Oklahoma State at minus one, and it's up to um, minus one and a half for Kansas State. So I think they're assuming that uh, Adrian Martinez is going to be playing. Well, I just want to see. I'm not changing my pick. I just want to see if I can get better odds because uh, I had no. the money line at 105. Oh, let me look. I mean, you're probably getting about what that is if it's a one and a half. Uh, I see a plus 100. I see a plus 105. Yeah, get that's plus what I have. That's what I have. Money line is plus 105. Okay, so you're okay. Set. I'm good. One and a half that's... points is not like a lot. It doesn't really swing things, but I do think no. my. If it were everyone was healthy and I knew Adrian Martinez was playing, I'd have Kansas State. Um, I like this Kansas State team. I think they um, they're pretty well coached. I think they're a pretty high quality team. I think last week's matchup was just one of those matchups that doesn't go their way. Um, weirdly, the the Tulane game feels weird now, but who knows? Um, my last play is be, it's another one of those ones. So New Mexico State and UMass was one that you had to be on. It was like legally obligated. You had to pick a side, um, which meant I had to be on the other side because you took a favorite. I did kind of want to take UMass just because I always fade them, but I just couldn't. <sighs> my my numbers told me to go with New Mexico State. <laughs> um, all right. So I think this number's actually gone up, but I had to bet I had to be on this one. Because it is everything in my my being that is everything I'm about. 
and it is Iowa and Northwestern under 37 and a half. That's disgusting. Iowa's offense is not fun to watch. Brian Ferentz should have been fired multiple. They like they should have fired him, rehired him, fired him again. Like that's how bad he is as an offensive coordinator. But they look daddy. inept. They like Spencer Petrus. Like we talk about player development. I honest to God think he's regressed, and I don't mean that like the oh well he's just struggling more because teams are seeing. No, I think he's getting worse, like objectively worse. There the opening pass of the game that he threw the interception on was just to the wrong team. It wasn't like, oh, they they had two weeks to prepare for Ohio State's defense, and he came out, and the first pass he threw was just to a safety. Um, I, it's, they're not going to score a lot of points. It's still 37 and a half. It is still 37 and a half? Yeah. All right. At least well, I'm I, What I was saying I is, I think I saw Circa listed it at like 31 or something to open. Um, mm. Circa numbers are always a little bit weird, though, so... If you ever see those, they'll come. Up, they'll pop up on your Twitter timeline on Sundays because they'll be like, "Look at what Circa opened at," and then you'll see like when DraftKings or FanDuel and them start posting, they're usually several points different. But whatever. Uh, Northwestern is one and six after their uh, Ireland win against Nebraska. They have been winless um, and bad. Not just winless, but like very bad. Um, this is a matchup of two of the most inept offenses in the country. Uh, the only way that they get over 36 and a half or 37 and a half is if defense scores 30 points, which might happen. But <laughs> that's what it's going to take. With such terrible quarterback play, right? You know, who knows? I mean, <laughs> I, so for, for this one, um, this is a little bit principally for me. I was gone under, I think in like five games this year, Northwestern has gone under, in four out of their seven um they're just bad offenses and they iowa's gone under numbers in the uh 30s already this year so 30 doesn't even scare me that's disgusting but yeah it's like an nfl game we've talked it about is. this <laughs> all right it's that time of the week D F S. sorry what Malik Cunningham. Dibs on Malik Cunningham. Yeah. So yeah, let's let's talk about quarterbacks. Um, quarterbacks are expensive this week. Um, I was just looking through it and like Bo Nix, nine thousand four hundred. Stroud, ninety two. Gabriel, eighty eight. Plumley, eighty seven. Duggan, Bennett, Sanders, Travis, Martinez, and Cunningham, all eight thousand or above. Um, so you're definitely gonna have to spend up for quarterback. Um, and get it right <laughs> because there's going to be a lot of guys on the other side. Um, you can look to get a little bit different. A guy I, uh, oh, I forgot to mention Sam Hartman, of course, is in there at eight, nine. Um, a guy who's a little bit lower priced who I'm actually pretty excited to, um, to play with. That's disgusting. <laughs> um, is KJ Jefferson, Arkansas's quarterback. He comes in at only 6,300 and he's had a really solid year um, when he's been uh, healthy. Um, uh, he put up 40 points um, against BYU. Um, Bama, obviously, he struggled. Um, against Texas A&M, he put up 33 points, 34 points against um, Missouri State. Uh, he was in the 20s against South Carolina. Uh, this matchup against Auburn is is pretty favorable. Um, they, uh, they have a pretty porous uh, rush defense, which, of course, KJ Jefferson can uh, take advantage of. 
so yeah, uh, KJ Jefferson is definitely a guy I want to have in a few lineups just because um, it's hard to fit two of those really expensive guys in and still have a decent, um, uh, decent plays in other areas. Um, who are some quarterbacks you like? Um, maybe what, what, which one of the, the expensive ones uh, are you going to try to fit into your lineup? I, I've got some Sam Hartman at 8-9, and I got a lot of C.J. Stroud at 9-2. Um, but I can't I think, ever get both of them in one lineup. I mean, I think Hartman is would be my top play of the week. I think he is the is the one guy. I don't see Louisville doing much to slow him down in this game. Um Quarterbacks I kind of like down the board. If I'm going to pivot off the super top guys, I do kind of I still like Max Duggan. Um, and West Virginia isn't exactly a high quality team. I'm not worried about them at all. Um, and you could if cash game play, he's probably a little more risky, but if you are GPP um plays, I, I do still kind of like mixing him in with a a stack with uh Quentin Johnston. I still think that's yeah. a viable GPP play. Um, but he, even he is still 8,500. You know, it's not like he's cheap. No, no, no. That's not cheap by any means. Um, I don't hate so, Ben Bryant for UC. I okay. think uh, Central yeah. Florida is going to try and it, it's going to turn into a little bit of shootout. And I think I, I actually like UCF in the game to win that game outright against uh, the Bearcats. But I do think Ben Bryant's going to have a little bit of a, a decent showing in this one. Um, Beyond that, it's really not a fun slate um, for quarterbacks. I think you're right with KJ Jefferson. I think he's viable. I think. Can I throw a we... couple of real cheap guys and just yes. get your so so Jeff. Robbie Ashford, Auburn, only five thousand two hundred, and is going up against Arkansas, whose defense um, is not good. Um, Drew Pine, no, no, I don't like him. Um, Garrett Schrader is who I met in that game. Uh, Syracuse quarterback <laughs> against Notre Dame, only 5,900. Um, Notre Dame is not great. Syracuse is favored. Uh, and then um, another guy, uh, Casey Thompson, JT Daniels are right at that 6,500. And um, I'm guessing Sean Clifford is all, all already off your board, <laughs> given what we've already talked about um, at 7,000. But any of those guys kind of interest you, or um, is that too risky? No, I mean, I think Ashford's viable. I think um, Schrader is a guy that it immediately did look like um, a viable option. Their offense is is pretty quality. I, I like this Syracuse team. I think that they're probably still underrated even after their showing last week. Um, so I think those are both pretty solid options. I'm looking down the list. It's it's not pretty. No, you, like you really got to spend up at quarterback. Um, for at least one of them, I feel like. Yeah, I I actually don't hate the Drew. Uh, honestly, I don't hate a Drew Pine play. I think Syracuse is going to probably put up some points, which at the late part of the game might mean a Notre Dame has to open up their offense a little bit, and that might just get you a few um, garbagey uh, scores for Drew Pine late. Yeah, I had a, a Drew Pine Mayor GPP stack last week against UNLV because UNLV. And for a second, it was looking awesome. Like, like when uh, it looked like Mayer had that 90-yard touchdown reception, it would have been his second on the day. It would have been uh, Pine's third, I think. And I was like, I'm hitting, and it got reversed. But um, yeah, it was not a fun, it was not a fun journey <laughs> with Drew Pine. Um, cool. What, what what are you looking at at, uh, at running back? Any um, anything of interest there? I'm wondering if um, again. 
the most expensive guy on the week is is Chase Brown at seven thousand five hundred. So uh, we've only got um, one, like one, two, three, five or six guys at seven thousand plus. Um, so uh, you can get some quality running backs at some mid level pricing. Um, which ones kind of jump out at you? Um, and are you kind of are you going to avoid the Ohio State guys just given the fact like what I'm you said wait about because so I I think. I'm fading Mayan Williams, even though Mayan Williams is probably he's third, the he's a third priced, third highest priced on the yeah. week. So that makes I sense. think he's been the better running back this year. Um, I I really think he's as much as Trevion Henderson is is still good. I, I think everyone who's like writing his um, about his downfall, he's been good this year. He's just not hitting the home runs that he hit last year. Um, but I think this is a game where he may have a little bit better of a game. Um, I think they're going to run a little more creative offense than they did last week. I, I think last week they just did not want to put anything on tape. Um, if you look at some of the breakdown of their runs, they basically ran out of two formations and that was it. Um, and if they were in those formations, they were runs. But so I think you can get one of the Ohio State running backs. And I think I think Henderson is the one I would go with. I think if we find out that either Mayan Williams or um, Travion Henderson or scratches, particularly if somehow Henderson is a scratch for this game. Um, I do think Williams is a little bit banged up and I wouldn't be shocked if Dallin Hayden, um, is a cheap play. And I actually think there's a chance that you could, if you're, if you went heavy elsewhere, you could probably, and I kind of want to go check this price really quick before I say it, like Dallin Hayden's 3,900. Yeah. I think you could probably put him into a lineup and expect that he'll get, five or six touches if um regardless if the second team is in the game late he's going to get five or six touches if for some reason he's called upon earlier in the game he's already been proven that he is capable of producing he's had i think he didn't have a hundred yard game but he did have like a pretty quality early season game um so i think he's a viable option if you needed to put him in just as a punt play um, and he had a hundred. He had a hundred eight yards against Toledo. He had seventy yards sure. against Michigan State. Yeah, I I think there's a chance that he gets a little more run than maybe you would possibly think. So that's one of the guys I like. Why is Tank Bigsby so cheap? Yeah, he's in. He's in the. He's in the article. <laughs> Tank Bigsby was Auburn the one that sucks. just screams. Yeah, because Auburn sucks. That's why. But Tank Bigsby, um, he's had a couple huge games this year. Um, I think it's been a. I think people have been a little disappointed in, um, I mean, like Georgia, 19 yards, LSU, 45 yards, Missouri, 44 yards, Penn State, 39 yards. Like he had a blow up game in week one against Mercer and a blow up game last week. Um, I think people are just nervous about everything in between. But to your point, um, Arkansas's defense is not great. And if Auburn wants to stick around, um, it's going to be because he's running the football. Yeah, that's. That's the big one that stands out to me is like a he should probably be the chalk play of the week. Um, I'm really curious. Uh, so I've seen that Tyon Evans is questionable, and I've when I was looking at some stuff, I was trying to look at injuries um, to like adjust my power rating stuff, and I saw he was injured, and I'm really curious if he's a scratch. I think I want a piece of that backfield. So you go with Cooley, you think? Cooley, um, I love double digit. I will say, I am a huge fan of Cooley, and he probably is a guy that if Evans is out, 
if we get confirmation that Evans is out, Trevion Cooley is a is a good running back. And honestly, he may get touches regardless. I mean, um, he has been. He's been getting double-digit targets all year. I mean, so, not targets, touches, opportunities. So for me, God, am I really going to do like multiple punt plays at running back? It's, it's an interesting strategy this week given the – because you could – you should try it. I want you to try it and see what comes up. Because um, – I'll do, it, I'll do tank it's and a, Cooley. It's a strategy that could pay off because you can pay up for um, those quarterbacks we're talking about. Um, I do like uh, a couple guys I like. I like Rocket Sanders um, against Auburn. Um, I don't mind putting KJ Jefferson and Sanders in the same lineup. Well, I think if that game's they're going to win that game running more yeah. than they will passing. So I um I have Tank Bigsby um as well who you mentioned, and then uh, two other plays that I like. I like Bucky Irving, uh, the running back from Oregon, who I think a lot more people know about this week than the week prior because of the UCLA game. But he is an efficient back, and yes. Oregon likes to use a lot of running backs, but he is their lead guy um, until further notice with Byron Cardwell still being injured. So um, he's had 60% of the carries. Uh, he only He's also the only guy really getting any receptions out of the backfield. So I like Bucky Irving. And uh, finally, C.J. Donaldson uh, for West Virginia, who we talked a little bit about last week. Uh, Tony Mathis left the game last week with an injury. He will not be playing. So C.J. Donaldson um, for West Virginia um, could be... Um, could be a value play because he's only 5,200. My only concern um, with that is what if TCU just jumps to a huge lead and they don't have the opportunity to really run the ball? Yeah. Uh, let's yeah. go to wide receiver. Um, I think Julian Fleming is getting closer and closer to just being like an almost absolute. If you are playing CJ Stroud, you should probably have Fleming in your lineup. Uh, um, uh, why do you why do you say that as opposed to Igbuka? Because uh, my strategy my strategy has been going with Emeka um, in that pairing because he's been producing so well. And Fleming, I keep wondering, oh, if if Jackson Smith is back, is it going to affect him? You know. But, well, I can tell you a hundred percent that Jackson Smith and Jigba, if he does play this week, will be on a pitch count. I think you could potentially throw both of them in. But as it stands right now, Julian Fleming has six touchdowns on the year and has scored in every single game he's played this year. And he he's only 5,100. Like, he, I mean, it, you're not going to be the, like, on most teams, if you have six touchdowns at this part of the year, you're, you're leading the team in scores. Uh, yeah. He just happens to be next to, like, Marvin Harrison Jr., who already has 10 touchdowns, and uh, Egmeka, who has seven on his own. I think Egmeka Egbuka is guaranteed more volume. But Julian Fleming is the guy that's going to break away a 70-yard touchdown. Um, that's what he's kind of out there to do. He only has 17 receptions on the year, but he's scoring. He has scored on a third of his catches this year. Um, yeah, that's, that's how they use him. They use him for they use him to score. And against a Penn State team that I think is going to give Ohio State more challenges than they have faced this year. I think Fleming is a guy that athletically they're not going to be able to match up with as well. Um, because at, from and he might be the best athlete of the bunch, which is just a weird thing to say because I don't know that there's a bad athlete in that group. They might sure. all be elite athletes, but I think Fleming is, is kind of one. If I'm doing a Stroud play, I think Fleming is a guy that I immediately slot in. And then I and maybe the, do look to get a book price too. 
at that price, uh, with him being able to save a little bit of money on him, um, that makes being able to fit Stroud in that much easier. Um, but yeah, so those are a couple guys I like. I do like Michael Mayer again this week. He's only 5,600. Um, if you want a really cheap play um, at wide receiver, uh, two guys I like, two tight ends I like. Terrence Ferguson out of Oregon. He is a focal point of that passing offense aside from Troy Franklin. And then uh, Oklahoma has really been using Braden Willis a lot more. Uh, he He's averaging double-digit points. Um, he's been getting a lot of touchdowns recently. Um, I, I like Braden Willis, especially with Dylan Gabriel being being healthy. So uh, a couple of cheaper guys there. Um, if you are going with Sam Hartman, uh, A.T. Perry at 7,000 is uh, definitely a, a, a nice way to stack that game. I mean, Donovan, I, I still like Donovan Green. Um, he's just good. I think you can do the same thing with him, and he's pretty inexpensive at 5,300. Um, I will say this is a it's another GPP type play. I don't love him for cash, but I do think Johnny Wilson for uh, Florida State has some upside against a Georgia Tech team that, while they are showing some more life on the year, I don't necessarily think this is a um, a well-put-together team quite yet. So I, I do kind of like getting him in there at 6,100. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's a, there are quite a few good options at wide receiver this week, and you don't necessarily have to break the bank. Yeah, I agree. I mean, quarterback is where you're spending up this week. Um, and uh, that's just that's just how it's got to be. <laughs> um, but with all these other guys, there are ways to uh, to make it work. Um, trying to think if there's anyone else I wanted to talk about. Um, I think we got most of it. Uh, Sturdivant, uh, I don't know how to say his name. He's the uh, freshman wide receiver out of Cal. Um, he's only 5,200. I could see um, him getting a, a couple of scores against Oregon's defense. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's pretty much, pretty much it. Uh, by the way, I think Oklahoma beats Iowa state this week. Um, but I didn't have it as a play, but just want to throw that out there. Uh, were you able say, to put together a lineup? Oh, no, I do. Um, I will say one name that I don't know that you mentioned him. Um, Nick Singleton for, um, Penn state. He's, he is pretty mid range price. And I will say that Ohio state's defense because it likes to blitz so frequently um, that does leave it open to an explosive play. And Nick Singleton is the kind of back that is capable of breaking like the one big play, like Braylon Allen's final stat sheet against Ohio state was probably fine. If you had him for DFS, right. Um, It just made you uncomfortable because he didn't do anything until he broke like a 70 yard run late. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if Singleton has that kind of day so I wouldn't as much as like, I think he's going to struggle a lot in this game. I think Ohio state's going to make a point of, sh- of uh, shutting him down. I don't think he's a full fade. Like there are time there are times when I'll just say, I don't care how good he is. They're a full fade. I think this is a spot where the defense's aggressiveness will at some point bite them for like a play. Yeah. Um, that could work. Yeah. Uh, nervous. Nervous about playing anyone Penn State. <laughs> well, yeah. But I mean, I I'm, not saying, yeah. I'm not saying roll him out, but I am saying I think. Um, no, it makes sense. It makes there sense. Certain, like, he, if you are someone who is like max entering. Um, right. I think that he, that he is a guy that you should have a little bit of exposure to. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Let's uh, Let's hear your lineup. 
So I'm starting off. I I, I did kind of what I said. I got Max Duggan, and I am going to do a Stroud lineup because I am obligated to. Um, I'm going to go with Cooley. I think uh, at $3,000 as a min price guy, I think there's a lot of upside, especially in this matchup. Tank Bigsby. Um, and then I've got both Fleming and Egbuka. I did go Johnny Wilson, and I did go Donovan Green. Um, I'll just say not every pass can go to A.T. Perry on that one. <laughs> it's true. That is true. That the, These are facts, people. Facts. All right. Um, Break out the I'm, hard facts. I'm going with Sam Hartman and um, Sam Hartman and K.J. Jefferson as my quarterbacks. I've got Rocket Sanders, Bucky Irving as my running backs. I'm going with A.T. Perry, Michael Mayer, and Terrence Ferguson at wide receiver. And then my flex is uh, Tank Bigby. Um, so going with the three running back, three wide receivers. And uh, yeah, I've got a, a lot in that Arkansas-Auburn game, I, I guess. But um, I, I do think Arkansas is able to score on Auburn. And I think they're going to do it uh, on the ground with both both those two guys. So um, that's where I'm going. Probably more of a cash play than a GPP play. Um, but most of my lineups, honestly, these days are cash. Um, I mean, I work real hard and I come up with two lineups that I like for cash and put them in various places. But um, GPP, I just I don't I don't do as well. But anyway, um, good stuff. I uh, look forward to hearing from you uh, when I. Ohio State is up uh, 24 points at the half, and uh, you're sitting pretty, and I'm looking uh, forward to cashing all those bets. I look forward to Jordan trolling me when Penn State goes up 3 nothing, <laughs> And then lose 47-3. to 44-3, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back with you next week. Enjoy all the football, and uh, have a great weekend. Bye, Julian Fleming. Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com